Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there and welcome to Just Films and That, the podcast that celebrates films we think are underrated, underseen, or we just really, really wanted to talk about them. I'm your host for this week, Alice Oliver. With me, as always, is Josh Hallam. And it was his turn to pick the film this week. And he went with Jersey Girl from 2004. So let's get stuck in. So Josh, you picked this week's film, Jersey Girl from 2004. So spoiler warning, listeners, if you haven't seen it, Josh, tell us. What is the film about and why did you pick it? Jersey Girl is a Kevin Smith film from 2004, as you've already said, which stars Ben Affleck, um, as many of Kevin Smith films uh, do. Um, Ben Affleck plays a young up-and-coming PR um, agent in the 90s called Ollie Trinky. He uh, meets a lady, played by Jennifer Lopez, called Gertrude. They fall in love, they get engaged, she gets pregnant, and then very sadly, uh, she dies in childbirth, leaving Ben Affleck as a young, widowed father of a young baby girl, also called Gertrude. Mm. So this leads him to try and carry on his life as normal. He then has a bit of an outburst in the 90s again, whilst trying to work on the career of a young up-and-coming actor named Will Smith. Um, (laughs) Exactly whatever happened to him. Cut to many years later where he is sort of disgraced from his job um, and he's raising his young daughter whilst living with his dad in Highlands, New Jersey. Uh, And then the film is just about their relationship, really. I picked this um, for a few reasons. So mainly, I think this is underrated. So when this Mm -hmm. came out, it got quite the kicking. Okay, interesting. It got quite the kicking when it came out. And I don't know if you remember around the time, it was was around the time when Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez were a couple. Benefer, mm-hmm. as, as you may remember. And they did the a film. The hottest shit in town. They were, right? they were. And they did a film called Geely, which is often up there with like one of the worst films of all time. I think oh, it's. Really? Oh, I yeah. And, and, that, and that is one of, one of a few films around that time that temporarily, we must say now, did, let's say, kill Ben Affleck's career for, okay. a, little, for a little okay. while before yeah. he sort of re. He remodeled himself as a writer and a director, and now <laughs> Batman, man, come yeah, on! Yeah, and he was Batman, and and he's he, you know, and now he's doing very, very well for himself again. Um, and is he and back with J Lo now? I think they're, they're back, back together. together. I think they're back That's together. I don't, nice. I don't really follow the you know the celebrity gossip or whatever. Oh, you do call you not? It, that but, surprises me, Josh. But, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is, I spend a lot of time managing the podcast, t- Twitter, and Instagram, and when half your stuff You're is based there. on films, it's of impossible course. to see that that mm-hmm. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are. I think together um, lovely stuff um, so I picked guys. it because it got it got a real kicking when it came out and I yeah. think it's not a perfect film mm-hmm. 
But I think there's a lot to like in there. I think it's quite sweet. Um, and I think it deserves another look. And I think it's underrated. Now, I've seen the critical reception, which we'll obviously come on to later. And mm. I think it's pretty criminally underrated, oh, which you've not seen, but we'll come on to. So yes. I know from conversations outside of this podcast, surprise, we do actually have conversations outside of this podcast sometimes, mainly when are we recording the next podcast. But yes. every now and then, we do see each other in person. And I know that your other half, Mr. Oliver, is quite a Kevin Smith fan. Oh, huge, huge, um, yes. His so, favourite film, I think, is Cl- Clerks 2. It is. I think, he, I, think, Clerks, I, think it is it, I think he has told me that himself because yeah. I think he clocked it on my DVD shelf once yes. um, and saw it. So... There's Underseen, if you want to talk about Underseen. So with that in mind, I, I'd be surprised. Have you seen this? No, I hadn't. This oh, is, really? This is so one I that I hadn't seen. Yeah, no, I hadn't seen it. Um, hadn't, like, a vague, vague idea of it, but, you know, not really. I don't think it had really probably no, been on my radar no. at all. I am, I do like Kevin Smith. Um, I love love Jay and Silent Bob. Mm. Um, really like Dogma as well. I yeah, watched that again yeah. recently, and I thought that really holds up. Uh, so I, I was definitely interested going into this. Yeah, so that's another reason I wanted to pick it as well. Is I'm quite a big fan of Kevin Smith as a as a writer, as a director. Just like some of his podcasts as well are really good. Um, and I wanted to do one of his films, and I think of all his films, I'm not a huge fan of. Or, I'm not a huge fan slash haven't seen a lot of his more recent films, but if you look at the stuff he did around this time between from sort of Clerks to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which is what he calls the you know his viewer skew films, and there are more in that which he's made more recently, but then Jersey Girl was, I think, the first film he made outside of that that he'd written. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, of course, written in mind with the fact that he'd recently lost his dad when he mm-hmm. wrote the film as well, so oh. it's quite a personal film for him, and it's written about his relationship with with fatherhood i think so mm. that's why there's a lot of there's a lot of sons and daughters and fathers and sons stuff going on in there this there is yeah um and what is another reason why i wanted to pick it because i do i do really like um some uh, a lot of his work so mm. let's get into it then i, I, I really really want to know i'm chomping at the bit here because you've got you've you've got my if you've got my evening in your hands here, you could ruin okay, it. Okay, go on. Or you could make it. Ooh, oh, the power. What, what, did, what did you think? What did you think? I thought it was all right. Yeah? Yeah. Like, That's I thought it was fine. Right. I think, I think you, you sort of touched on it a bit there. It's, it's, it's kind of fun. You know, it's sort of harmless. It's quite cute. It's quite mm. low stakes. Yeah. Um, you've got a real range from Affleck here. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, he's, I think he gives a great performance. For something that is billed as a romantic comedy, there is a couple more layers to it. Obviously, they drop the bombshell of killing off Jennifer Lopez pretty early on. Mm. I wasn't expecting that. I always appreciate it when a film does certain, I just ain't expecting, because within like the first five or ten minutes of a film, you sort of piece it together in your yeah. mind, don't you? It's like, oh yeah, he's the hero, she's this, they're that, you know, we kind of know where this is going. So they killed her off, and I was like, oh cool, bold, I like it. You've got J-Lo in just for ten minutes or whatever it was. So then Affleck has to go from being this kind of yuppie sort of... Hot shot, um, and he's like a Yeah, proper, he's a bit like, of a hot yeah. shot. He's a bit of a dickhead. He's a yeah, bit yeah. cocky. Like, he doesn't seem like the greatest guy. Everything's nope. just like really casual and off the cuff or whatever. And then his wife, who they, they develop 
you, you believe that they're in love. Like, you believe mm. that they do love each other. I think uh, Kevin Smith does a great job at bringing that out of them. Obviously, if they were together at the time, that probably helps. Yeah. Um, but you establish their relationship in quite a short space of time. Reminded me a little bit of the opening of Up. Yeah, <laughs> With, a little you know, bit. Yeah, a little bit. You get a lot from not, those two not characters. Not as cute. <laughs> not, not quite as cute. But you get a lot from those two characters in a short space of time. You know, they're quite passionate. They're yeah. quite lustful for one another. Mm. They obviously really fancy each other as well as being in love. Um, and then she dies. And he's got he's to gotta deal with that. She dies in childbirth. So now he has a daughter. Which you don't see that often either. You know, it's... It's grim. I mean, man. I know it, that's because it's, it's not grim. very common. It, like, yeah. look, luckily in this day and age, medicine being what it being, it's not that common. But it's not, it's not completely unheard of either. So it's quite interesting to see as well. It's an interesting plot device, I guess. Oh, certainly. And it's such a, it's such a profound loss, isn't it? Yeah. That what's meant to be potentially the best day of your life. You're meant to be celebrating, bringing this new life mm. into the world. Oh, this is amazing. We're going to start our family. We're going to live happily ever after. But then bam, the woman that you love more than anything in the world is dead. And you see Affleck go from one thing to another. Oh, you know, he's waiting yeah. sort of in the corridor, just waiting to hear the news. He's smoking a cigarette in the fucking hospital. And it's the 90s though, isn't it? Just, it's, yeah. <laughs> Do you want? <laughs> Cigarettes all round. Yeah. Um, the bare naked just... ladies blasting out. Oh, what a yeah. great time. Oh, yeah. Good. To... It was good. It was good back then, guys. Um, and I just think he did a great job. And he's he's such a car crash of a father mm. to begin with. Like, he's not great. He's still prioritizing his job against everything. He's not got, or it doesn't seem like he's got many uh, kind of female influences in his life to maybe guide him, to yeah, maybe yeah. help him along no the way. No mother, lost his mother yeah. at a young age. Yeah, He's no obviously sister. never read a book about, you know, being a parent or whatever. He's no. still trying to work full time at a very high pressure, high powered job and raise his daughter. And it's just a nightmare for him. But then you kind of, you grow with him, you see him sort of, he goes on this bit of a journey. I just thought he did a really good job. I'm a bit... I'm a bit 50-50 with Affleck. Like, mm. I, I wasn't thrilled when he was cast as Batman. I didn't think he did a terrible job, but he's mm. not up there as one of my faves. He's not done loads that I love, but in this, I thought he was really good. And have you seen, is it J uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot? So no, I haven't got around to watching right, it yet. So I've actually, we're, got, we're I've actually it. got it. It's one of these where I've, I've been and I've got it. Right. I just haven't got around to watching it yet because I do, I do like those films. I've seen you know, clips and stuff online. So yeah, I do I know he's in it and stuff. Him but. him and Matt Damon in that are just really, really funny. And that just kind of lit something up in me yeah. with like a more of an affection yeah, for those yeah. two characters, I yeah. think. And then going back and watching Dogma again, I was like, oh no, actually, yeah, I do like this guy. Um, so I thought he did a really good job. So he's, so he's, I think he's brilliant in this. I think mm -hmm. he's, so, so unfortunately, I'm mean, we'll come on to this a little bit around it. Historically, the context of, of this film is, is quite important, which is, first of all, it was, it was in that period where journalism particularly was was really toxic. Oh, you mean you know, it's not now? <laughs> no, it's not. No. I say that as a journalist well, as well. Yeah, I don't... I, what I mean is, I suppose, it was the high... It was before social media was was in everybody's hands on their yeah. smartphones and stuff. So it really was the height of papers and magazines just going after people. So they decided because of a few poor films or films that they decided were poor. And that's one of the things that this podcast is all about, is I've never seen Geely. I don't know if it's as bad as everyone says it is. And as much as there are bad films out there, we don't pretend that there aren't bad films out there. But ultimately, we try and acknowledge to optimism. We try and say that a lot of people quite often work really, really hard on these projects. They're often made with the best of intentions. The flip side of that being is they're also often there to make money. Um, mm -hmm. It is a business after all. Um, of course. 
And as many actors will say, not everything they do has to be brilliant. They do have to get paid at the end of the day. It is a job. Um, but also, brilliant by whose standards? Exactly. Come on, like, exactly. you know, what you hate, I love. What yeah. I hate, you love. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so there's such a range. The papers were really going after Ben Affleck at the time, and they, they, mm. they had more or less decided, from what I remember, that he was a bad actor. Yeah. And they couldn't act. Now, that isn't, for me, that isn't true. He did turn in some less than good performances, but most actors, I mean, fucking hell, Robert De Niro is one of the best actors ever, arguably the greatest screen actor of all time, up there for many, many people. He still made Dirty Grandpa. Yeah. He's still done bad performances because, mm-hmm. because it happens and it's not the end of the world and whatever. But Ben Affleck is not a bad actor. He mm-hmm. has done good films. He do, did make good films before Jersey Girl. He made good films after Jersey Girl. He is mm-hmm. brilliant in Goodwill Hunting. I think he's brilliant in Jersey Girl. I think he's really good in um, Argo, The Town, another one that he wrote. He's very good in Gone Girl. Yeah, He is a good actor. But at this time, they decided two things. One, he was a bad actor. And two that they were using the relationship of Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez to sell this film. I'm not going to go into it too much. If you go onto YouTube and type in Kevin Smith, Jersey Girl, there's loads mm-hmm. of quite interesting stories around the making of this film and the reaction mm-hmm. and what happened. Particularly interesting story, if you're interested in comic books, in the making of this tied in with the making of Daredevil. Okay. And um, the Ben Affleck Daredevil, obviously not the, yeah, the yeah. Marvel TV show. So I check- assumed that, Josh. Yeah, yeah we're so, talking about Ben. So, so <laughs> check that out. Um, it's well worth a watch. But back to what I was saying, I think Ben Affleck is brilliant in this. When He's funny when he needs to be funny. He's emotional when he needs to be emotional. Yep. He's paternal when he needs I to agree. be eternal, which is yep. very important to the character. There's some really cute, funny bits. And the other issue I have with this film, which we'll come back to, which is not an issue I have with the film, but it's the marketing of the film. Because it's marketed as a romantic comedy. It is. Either between, you go, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez and they're together in real life or after that what you've got is oh you got the relationship between Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler and they were together mm-hmm. in Armageddon and now they're together again oh, and, yeah. and oh my god and they, haven't they got good chemistry it's, it's not a rom-com it's a film about being a father and this film yeah. was failed by that mm-hmm. for me it was failed it is a good film in my opinion it is a good film it is a sweet film with a nice little message around being a father and being about being happy with what you've got Mm-hmm. that's what it's about and and I really think Ben Affleck's performance is good in it the cast overall are really good in it I mean yeah, Ra- Raquel Castro who plays um, oh, Gertrude yeah, is, is brilliant in it yeah. quite often a, that, this doesn't mean to sound like a horrible thing but as a generic point quite often a poor child actor can take you out of a film and make you go, oh, they're not very good, Sadly, are they? Yes, yeah, and it does it can happen. Be a bit irritating, can't yeah. it? But she was the irritating man. She was cool. She, she was. was confident. And, she and was it, a little bit cocky. I liked it. You know, that's nothing against child actors. You're asking sometimes a five, six, seven, eight year old to convey emotions that are well beyond anything bloody oh, like I ever knew. And learn a I was, script yeah. and take time off school and be on set for twelve when hours I, a day. When I like, was in, when I was in drama club when I, when I was doing drama on a Saturday morning all I wanted to do was fight scenes and gun scenes and running yeah, and yeah. jumping and pissing about so if someone was like listen you're orphaned and you really wish you had a relationship yeah. with your mother who you is need absent. to do a monologue so you need to really you really you hate your dad because of this this and this I'd be like yeah but like guns and Batman and that like do you know what I mean yeah. so she is really really good in this film yeah um, George so. Carlin who plays Ben Affleck's yeah. dad in this is really good he's also in he is in Dogma he plays the, the, the Cardinal the Bishop in Dogma he's really really good Liv Tyler is good in it as well um, overall I think it's, it's very very well performed I think it's really sweet like any Kevin Smith film the dialogue is superb it's the thing mm-hmm. he does the best it's just snappy it's quippy it's 
it's it's a mixture of quippy and snappy, but also feeling like things that real people would say. Mm-hmm. Um, re- I really enjoy that. There is comedy in it. All again, back to what I was saying, it is not a rom com. So if you're mm-hmm. going into this thinking it's a rom com, it isn't. Um, it reminds me of of certain Woody Allen films. I think one of the things someone said in one of the Kevin Smith videos that I I mentioned was that it's a little bit like his Annie Hall. If you've seen Annie Hall, mm-hmm. um, it's his it's his personal story i guess you know it's not not that it's bio it's biographical but it's his him conveying some personal emotions whether that be about loss of a relationship like woody allen's uh, like like annie hall or loss of a, of a of a family member and his dad in in jersey girl so i'm going on and on sorry what, what else did, so, so you said it's all right so obviously i'm guessing there's things you did and didn't like about it so what did you like uh, so I like I like a good story about grief. I, I, yeah. I like it as a topic. I think it's quite cathartic for a lot of people, not just for cathartic for the people working on it, but for people watching it as well. Yeah, like Rain Over Me, 50-50, are two of the best films, mm. I think, that we've done on this podcast. Oh, certainly, And this yeah. is bringing you a, a different... It's, <sighs> A different flavor of grief. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know no, what I mean. Is, it's a it different is. sort it's of not thing. A, it's it's not a story of grief you see all that often, really, because I suppose mm. the subject of of you know not not to get too dark, but the subject of your partner dying in childbirth is probably one of those things that plenty of people have feared, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it is a bit of a taboo. It's not something people want to think about. The loss of a parent, a grandparent, is something that unfortunately. Everybody, most people have to deal with it at some point in their life. Yeah, the loss of the of the kind that this film is is talking about it is not, and it's not something that a lot of people want to think about, really, is it? Mm, certainly, um, and it's. I so. imagine, I imagine it's one of the more. And obviously, I don't know. I've been very fortunate. I haven't actually lost anybody like that close to me yet. Um, mm. But it's. <laughs> I imagine it's a very very lonely grief. Like you have lost the love of your life yeah. like she's gone right when like you say when you lose a parent it's like okay but all my friends have you know they've lost a parent or they're going to lose mm. a parent or you've got siblings who have you've also siblings, lost their yeah, parents you've yeah. got people that you can share the grief with even if you lose a child you've got your partner they've yeah. also lost a child there's someone there to kind of catch you and to kind of share this grief Absolutely. with you but when it's your spouse I just feel like that must be the most isolating, most lonely form of grief. I mean, we saw Adam Sandler do it in Rain Over Me. Yeah. Like, he was a mess. He was it's an just... absolute mess over what and happened. And it's, ev- it's everybody's worst nightmare, isn't it? You've got yeah. this little baby. That is your responsibility now. You've got to raise it and care for mm-hmm. it. There's no time for you to be sad about yes. this awful, horrendous thing that has happened to you. Yeah. So get on with it, mate. And that's kind of what he learns, isn't it? Because... He he starts out, and this is when he starts, you know, his his fatherhood isn't going so well because he's still trying to work. He's yeah. still trying to do the thing that he wants to do for himself. Yeah. But then it sounds we go through the film that he realizes, oh no, actually, you know, it's not, it isn't about me. Because he does love her as well. He clearly course, loves Gertie. Yeah. But he just he doesn't express himself always in the right way and he doesn't always make decisions that are necessarily in her best interests. It's more about him. But then he does grow and we see this growth throughout the film, which is quite nice. Um, I thought there was a, a, a few really funny moments in there. One of my favourites that really stood out is when... So Maya, 
who is Liv Tyler's character. So mm. she and Ollie, Ben Affleck, are uh, about to embark on a sexual relationship, shall we say. <laughs> he tells her that he hasn't had sex in, I think it's seven years, so yeah. since his wife died. So she's like, right, well, we need to go and have sex right away then. So he, at first, he's like really reluctant. He's like, no, I don't think so, I don't think so. And she's just like not taking no for an answer. I mean, if the roles had been reversed, you know, male, female, that'd be a little bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> but he he's into it, you know, ultimately. And then they end up, they go back to his house. They think that Gertie is, you know, going to be at school for the rest of the afternoon or whatever. But then she comes home. It's like, oh, my God. So they hide in the shower and she catches them. So she brings, you know, she like marches them downstairs and sits them on the sofa. And she's like, what are your intentions with my dad? Are you going to marry him and all this? <laughs> and that made me laugh a bit because it's a bit of a role reversal, isn't it? Because earlier in the film, we see Gertie with one of her male friends. They're, they're sort of showing the genitals to each other, you know, in a, <laughs> you know, as kids do kind of. Yeah, like, well, what's yeah. that? Why have yeah. you got that? What does yeah. that do sort of thing? And then Ollie's like, um, he's like, what are your intentions with my daughter? Are you going to marry her? Um, and just kind of cute, simple, low stakes humour where yeah, no one's getting hurt like sort that. of Yeah, thing. no, I, I enjoyed that as well. And, and, and another thing I liked as well, which where some of the comedy comes from, which I enjoy, just about what you're saying there is, it, it's not afraid to show you a flawed character. So Ollie, as a, as as a as a man, is is very flawed. He gets better as the film goes on, and it's all about him making the right choice for for him and his daughter. But he is a flawed character, and some of the comedy comes from that as well. There is a bit mm-hmm. that I particularly enjoy, which is not a comedy bit, but there's a bit where he, him and his daughter, who's she's like eight, are having this full on stand up row, and he literally tells her that that he hates her. Oh, yeah, any, he any, says, any, I hate you, you to you ruin my life or something like that. Yeah, it's something that a child would say to a parent because but, yeah. they didn't let them stay up late or something. He says something like, it was you and your mother who ruined my life right, or I something. I just want my life back, oh, you little horrendous. shit or something like that. It was horrendous. And it's, and it's a thing that, it's a thing that is an awful thing to say to a child, but I don't think there are many writers who are brave enough to show you that side of their protagonist than mm-hmm. Kevin Smith. And I think that's really important to, the, to why I think that this film is good. At the end of the day. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Most of us, I don't know, I'm not speaking for everyone, we all love our parents, but parents are flawed because when you're a kid, you think the, your parents are omniscient and they're perfect. And as you get older and when you become an adult, when you become a parent, you realize that everyone is just essentially making it up as they go along. Mm-hmm. And I think that's quite important. I think that's really integral to, to the success of this film. Some great cameos in there as well. That's where I thought some of the, the, the comedy came as well. Like so- you said. Matt Damon. I was Matt Damon, who was so funny in it as just like this jerk off kind yeah. of publicist because they're hiring, aren't they? So Ben Affleck goes for an interview and they're just like, nah. And I was so pleased that they dropped Will Smith. Oh, in it, isn't, it, so isn't it good? Because it's, it's a running joke. If you haven't seen the film, it's a running joke throughout the uh, Ben Affleck's character, Ollie. So he's meant to be pushing out some good press about Will Smith or something, isn't he? So he's at this like huge press conference. There's loads of press and journalists in the audience, but he's got his kid there and he's trying to look after her, but he's not doing a very good job at it. So he just gets really angry and then he starts kind of slagging off Will Smith, doesn't yeah. he? It's like, as, oh, as, his, a, his, as the fresh prince. He's like, going, he'll never, prince, he'll yeah. never he's ever a have a film busy. career. Yeah. He's nothing. He's got not got talent and all this. And this haunts him throughout his career, doesn't it? Like he's trying to get a job with Matt Damon's company and stuff. And he's like, you're the Will Smith guy. And he's like, oh, you're going to hire me? It's like, not a chance. And people keep bringing it up and keep bringing it up. And then towards the end, he's, he's sat in um he's sat in like a, a uh, it's like a lobby, isn't it? A lobby, yeah, that's the yeah, word. Yeah. I was trying to think of the word. I nearly said porch. I was like, it's not a porch. <laughs> so he's sat in the lobby and he's waiting to go and get an interview. You know, he's he's got a job. Oh, Jason, because Jason Biggs, his mate, is, yeah, yeah. Uh, is lined up an interview for him. And he's sitting there, he's ready to go to the interview. He's like, oh, thank God, you know, he's got a suit on his briefcase. He's ready to go. And then in walks Will Smith and sits next to him and then they start having a conversation. And I just thought it was a brilliant moment. Like, it didn't feel cheap. It didn't feel forced. It didn't even feel that predictable. Like, because no. I didn't know Will Smith was in this and I wasn't expecting that. So when he popped up, I was like, awesome. Love it. Could this get any more 90s? <laughs> <laughs> So we'll move on then to talking about anything that we didn't like about the film or anything that we would change. So, Josh, you've been you've actually been quite passionate about this. You know, yeah, you really have, stood yeah. in Ben Affleck's yeah. corner. You're really here fighting for this film. So, is there anything for you? Anything that didn't quite it's, strike a chord? Look, look, it's it's not perfect. Mm. I think I'm trying to look at it within the context of how the film was treated when it came out and the critical reception that I've seen when picking this film. I do think there's probably elements where Ollie as a character is almost a bit too much of an arsehole. Mm-hmm. So he's a little bit irredeemable in places, um, particularly, he's not particularly nice to some of the female characters he works with at the beginning. I do understand that that be, might be building a picture up that, like you mentioned, of a, of a man who hasn't had many female influences in his life, but he is 
very sort of, he's very rude to hospital staff. He's pretty much, for the first half an hour of the film, he's pretty much a dick to every female character he meets. Mm. Um, it's not, it doesn't ruin the film for me, but I do think maybe one less incident of him being an arsehole could have been lost there. Um, there's a bit of pacing issues, I think, after about an hour. It's only, what is it, about an hour 40, something like that. The pacing yeah. does fall out of it a lot. Back to my earlier point, I do think it's probably missing an even stronger female character. So the character who's in it the most, who's female apart from his daughter, who's obviously a child, so I suppose adult female character, is, is Liv Tyler's character. And I think they do, they do a really interesting thing with Liv Tyler's character, which is, which is they portray her as a very young and sexually confident woman. And that's, again... There aren't that many writers who are, who are as brave as Kevin Smith, who are certainly at the time would be like, oh, no, you, do you know what? Guess what? The, women like having sex. Like, mm-hmm. who'd have thought it? Do you know what I mean? I and, know, shocker. I know. And, and in this, I think they underused Liv Tyler a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think they could have put a little bit more character development in them because if it wasn't for the fact that her and Ben Affleck have such good chemistry, I don't really know if that would add anything to the film, but the fact is, is they, do, they do have really good chemistry and it, and it does work. Um, and the other the other point is is just back to what I was saying, which is always touched on, which is the marketing, the poster of the film, it, it let it down. The, yeah. If you look at the poster, even the poster is Ben Affleck and his daughter like like leaning up against the wall and folding arms and looking at okay, each other, yeah. and it's like it's like a almost like a Disney Channel type film, mm. or or the other side of it is they did. I think what happened, if I'm right, although I, don't quote me on this, is I think they tried, the, the, the studio um, tried to capitalise on Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez's relationship. Then right. Geely came out, which was a massive failure. And I'm talking mm-hmm. up there with the biggest critical flops oh, of all time. So then what they did is they tried to sort of go back on that and mm. try to make sure they, that it was clear that she was not the lead in the film and right. that she was only in 10 minutes. So then what they did is they effectively gave away the twist that you mentioned before. Okay. So I think the trailer went from from that to them being like, oh no, it is, it is, she does die. And mm. I think it ended up as a bit of a mess because the studio wouldn't commit to one thing or the other. I don't know, mm. but that is that is what I've read. But ultimately, if you look at the marketing for the film, it makes it look like either... A kid's film, bit of a cheeky comedy about a yeah. guy and his daughter, or a rom-com. It's neither yeah. of those films. Neither I think, of those things. I think yeah. what, it, what it is, is is like you say, it's quite a low-stakes story, and it's quite a human story about, about mm. an issue. And it is about grief, and it is about fatherhood. And I think that would have been enough to sell the film. But unfortunately, as I've already said, it, it is a business, and they're probably going, look, Ben Affleck's in this, and he's handsome, and he's popular and he's yeah. cool so it's a rom-com or whatever so go and watch it you know it's a date movie it's a this movie and it, and actually if, if i think if you release this now i think it would be done in a lot more of a savvy way mm-hmm. that you might go no actually what this is is a story about something mm-hmm. whereas i think at the time it was let down by that but anyway yeah that's a lot of words from me for a film i don't have much dislikes so let's come to you you said it was all right, so you've hmm. given me the you've given me the sweet, give me the sour. What what didn't you like about the film? So this list isn't that long. Don't worry, you can stop sweating, Josh. Ooh. But similar to your first point, so when I what I've put is that Ben Affleck does become a bit of a villain when he shouts at Gertie when they're having this argument about him wanting to go back to New York to work. And he says that thing about you and your mum ruined my life. Like, I want my life back, but you and your mum ruined it sort of thing. 
up until that point, I was I was with him. Like, mm. I was with him. He wants to go and get a job, either his old job back or a job similar to the one he had, you know, high-powered, high-stress, high-money. And he wants to go back to New York to do it. It might not necessarily be what Gertie wants, but in his mind, it is what's best. It means he's going to be absolutely minted. He's going to be able to send her to a good school. It means she's going to be able to pay for college and they're going to have top-notch healthcare. Mm. So I'm totally with him on that. And it's like, you can't let a seven-year-old dictate your life. It's like, oh, I don't want to move. I want to stay in New Jersey. And it's like, well, you're seven, so shut up, pack your mm. suitcase, and off we go. But because of how kind of mean he got with it, mm. you you you're just not on his side anymore in that moment. So it's a bit a bit too far, do you think? It's just yeah, it's just a bit mean and like. Mm. But I but the, to to balance that, like what you said before, it's about showing these imperfect characters. It's about Kevin Smith, you know, b- being brave to kind of show people doing this to show a dad, you know, being horrendous to his his daughter who has lost her mother. So I kind of get that as well. Do you know what I mean? And maybe that's part of it. It's about presenting to us these flawed characters because, you know, newsflash, people aren't perfect. So maybe I think I can accept it a bit more with that. But yeah, before that, I think the whole thing, because obviously it brings up some interesting sort of ideas and questions about should you follow your own dreams if it is detrimental to other people's happiness? Because obviously his dad, so George Carlin, doesn't want him to move back to New York. Gertie also doesn't want to move. You know, mm, she wants to yeah. stay in New Jersey because she's got friends and she's got a school and all this, yada, yada, yada. But you know, he he needs to follow his own dream. This is what he thinks he wants. He wants to go back to that. So I, I, I supported him in that up until that point. Um, the other thing as well, This didn't bother me massively, but it's just something I noticed. And I think this is, you know, all to do with how far we've come, you know, in the past 20 or so years. But some of the behavior of Liv Tyler's character, so Maya, around Ollie, if the genders were reversed, I think would paint a very, very different picture. Yeah. Um, that you know, there's a lot of a lot of narrative, a lot of this thing come out in the kind of '90s and in the early 2000s, where if a woman does it, it's okay, but if a man did it, it's creepy. And obviously, it's forty just... days and forty nights. Like, well, that exactly. Was, what's that? Exactly. That's, so that was 2002, wasn't it? So that's two yeah, years before this. Like so it's still in that period, isn't it? Exactly. So there was a bit of that. You know, she finds his address through by obviously checking his membership card to the video shop that she works at. That's a bit weird. When he says that he hasn't had sex in seven years, she's just like, bam, right, well, let's go. We need to have sex right now. That's a bit, like, he's he's vulnerable in that moment. Like, mm. he's just, it's first not, of all, he's just met you, right? The last yeah. woman he had sex with was someone that he was married to and deeply in love with. Why are you just assuming just because you couldn't go seven years without sex, that he must really be struggling. He's obviously yeah. not struggling that much because if he wanted to, he's a good-looking fella. He could go to the club. And I'm sure not, he would um, have no problem. It's not a dry spell, is it? It's not like, oh, I can't get it. There. It's literally like, I, I haven't not been with someone else because I am grieving. And Yeah, like, he doesn't care. He's still in love with I don't actually want to be with woman. someone else because why would yeah. I? I want the person who, I want the one person I absolutely cannot have. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's all played off as fun and, you know, it's, you know, whatever. But he's obviously fine with it in the end. So then I am now fine with it because yeah. he is fine with it. He is not scarred from it. He's, you know, he doesn't try and push her away. He's, he does say no a few times at the beginning, but then he eventually <laughs> goes for it. And he's clearly into it by the end. And, you know, then they do get together and and it's all, you know, very nice and happily ever after. And she gets on well with Gertie and that's very nice. Um, And then... I mean, other than that, just that it just didn't blow me away. Yeah. I didn't think it was amazing. But I mean, it's not a, like, it's not a bad film. Just all right, yeah. Yeah. 
put it on, on a, you know, you put it on, you're looking for something to watch, you put it on. It's the sort of film, is, well, I, I like it a lot, but I know that reaction to film where you, yeah. you, you Saturday night, you think, oh, I put a film, should we put a film on? Put a film on. Mm. And it finishes and you both go, that's all right, yeah. yeah but neither yeah. of you have anything to say about it. Yeah. You just both go, yeah, it's all right, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It didn't piss see, me off. I, I didn't feel... <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like offensively bad. I wasn't like angry scribbling notes no. down or anything, but I wasn't passionately writing notes down either. So and it's I, just and I've had that reaction. So I can't remember. Was, what was the one? You, you, it was a while ago now. It might have been not All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, it was yeah, definitely Luke Horn. It was one that you me. picked and I was like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's just not and almost that's almost the the worst reaction in some ways it's certainly it's certainly it's certainly the one you, you want the least when you're doing a podcast because at least sure, if you yeah. really don't like something or you really do like something yeah, you go i makes love this conversation fucking hated yeah. this. whereas if you just go yeah, it's fine so, yeah, yeah it's fine yeah it's fine yeah. <laughs> so in conclusion yeah, it's fine yeah. <laughs> Right then, it's time to move on to the critical reception, something that I haven't seen because Josh is going to surprise me with it. Now then, you were quite open at the beginning about the fact that you think this is underrated mm. because it got mm. ruined, destroyed, completely battered when it came out. Mm. So interesting. So if I'm going to guess at what the critical reception got, because of what you said, it's got to be it's got to be under a five, right? Got to okay. be under a five, under five. so yeah. I'm gonna go. I say that I'm gonna say like a four point five. I'm gonna say four point six, just to see if I can 4. be like proper 6. precise. It's four point six, but I would I would give it higher than that. Yeah. I think you're at least looking at like a middle six, yeah. at least like a six point five. That is a, that is a, that is a proper. Sorry. Score, yeah, right. It was fine. Yeah, cool. Okay, so oh, so go we've got that in mind. So this is make or break now. So let's let's have a look because I've got it in front of me. So at the time of recording on IMDB, now bearing in mind this is a, this is reflective of an audience score, really. Mm-hmm. It gets six point two. Okay. However, <laughs> on Wrong Tomatoes, the audience mm. give it. 48%. Okay. And the critics give it 43%. Oh, okay. Hey, I was... I, so was I, I mean, I'm more pleased about how close my guess was. Yeah, so you've <laughs> your guess is pretty good there. And I think okay. that... I do think, if I'm honest, time has probably been kinder to this film than when it came out. Because oh, I, think, yeah. I think people... Kevin Smith has quite a following... Of mm-hmm. people who watch his films. Well, I think two. Oh, two, yeah. Your husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's loads of us out there. He's got quite a following through through his podcast, through the fact that he, he's got he's got a lot of um sort of brush strokes, hasn't he? He does mm. comics, he does writing, he does podcasts. Yeah. He does he is sort of a comedian of sorts when he does his Q and A's. Like I've got some of his Q and A DVDs and they're oh, really, really they're really quite funny. They're sort yeah. of like stand up. They're like stand-up DVDs, really, where mm. where the, the content is dictated by questions. Um, mm. So I think that has been pro- that's probably brought that score up. 43% is probably more reflective of how I think it did at the time. And probably, if anything, I think it, it did probably a little bit worse, mm-hmm. really, at the time. Because it did get a kick in when it mm-hmm. came out. So, I mean, what do you think? So you've given it 
you've given it a sort of middle six, and we're looking mm-hmm. at we're looking at the let's we're looking at the mid forties if you average out those Rotten Tomatoes scores. Is that that's underrated? Is it? I think it is a bit underrated. Yeah, even even oh. if you just think a bit, I think going deep deep going deep into the fours there, especially that forty three, like that's Harsh, a ba- that. that's a bad film, really, yeah. isn't it? And like, that is so. that is rotten. You know, on Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes, that is that is it, that that gives it the little splodgy tomato thing. Exactly, that is bad. You know, we we talked about the film. I have a lot of affection for the film. I've made my case. It is flawed for the reasons that we've talked about. But one of the things that they did say um, in the in the criticism that I read was that it's a bit overly sentimental and a bit overly cheesy and a bit like schmaltzy. I, I just think, you know, I think you've got to be pretty cold to not be taken in by some of the elements of this film. I don't think it is overly cheesy and overly sentimental. I don't think it's overly cheesy. And also, it's about the right amount of cheese for the kind of film that it is, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. So so for me, that's harsh. That's underrated. So so are we saying it's underrated? Yes, Josh, we're yeah, saying it's underrated. Yeah. Jersey Girl is underrated. <laughs> so there we go. Another underrated film in the vault. And I am I'm happy. I'm happy with that one, Good. Alice. Glad I'm I happy. could do that for I'm you, happy. Josh. <laughs> there are films that you really care about and you want them in there. Mm. There are hills you want to die on and that's one of mine. Okay. Well, there you go. I'll let you have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. And thank you very much uh, for listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, the email address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you just search for Just Films and That, then you'll find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, etc. Um... We're also on your televisions, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday evening from 6pm, you can catch us on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool, or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. You can also find us on Channel 195 on Sky, and I'm pretty sure that's across the country. So that's every Friday night from 6pm and sometimes Mondays as well. Yeah, so there you go. So we will be back next week with another film that we think is underrated or seen. You know the drill. Um, (laughs) Alice, thank you very much for joining me as ever. Thank you, Josh. It was a pleasure as always. And it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 